Hi there, friends. Happy New Year. It's January 3rd, 2021, finally out of 2020. If you caught my last episode, you heard me talk about regrets and looking back, learning from the past, looking forward to the future. And I think in that episode, I mentioned that the holidays just tend to not be my favorite time of year for many reasons. And this year was no exception, even though the pressure of doing all the things and seeing all the people was off. And I had my little introverted heart's wish of a quiet holiday. I actually found myself really COVID fatigued and wishing that things were different and just grappling with all of the heaviness of the things that have happened in the last year. And I spoke about this in an Instagram live, uh, I think on New Year's Day. I haven't mentioned it in the podcast, but um, if you're not following me on Instagram, go over there, check out that live. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what I said now, kind of reiterate how I'm feeling about this year and what I feel is setting this year apart for me from other years. Other years, like in my 20s and early 30s, when I thought about the things I wanted to change, I went about it in a very, very stubborn, unrealistic, and lonely sort of way without help. Because in some ways, the things that I wanted to change, I felt were things that I should be able to do myself. And you know, in the personal development space, there is the um, the truth, the fact that the only person that can ever change us for the better is really ourselves. It's an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. Transformation is an inside job. But it's not a lonely job. It doesn't have to be done in a vacuum. And when we're trying to, for me, I know anyway, when I would try to, it was largely based in pride and shame and total ego stuff. The self-imposed isolation that I experienced most of my life didn't serve me. And in this last year, after I had been sick in 2019, I realized how much I actually do like people and I actually do need people. And I enjoy serving people and also being on the receiving end. And I began over the last few years, I've been getting more comfortable with sharing my emotions and being real to myself first and then with the rest of the world and realizing that that is, that is the secret to the kind of life that I've been wanting. That is how I get seen, not trying to be the person that I think other people want me to be, but by really allowing myself to have the feelings that I have and express them and acknowledge them, feel them, and let them be a guide. I pulled some tarot cards this morning, as I do every morning, and I pulled a sequence of cards asking for some clarity. And um, one of the cards that I pulled, um, I'm going to look back in my journal because I wrote down, there's this book that I have, Mirror of the Soul, 
and it has some great questions in it that help sort of guide the inquiry that the tarot can offer into our lives. And I pulled uh, the Lust card. Well, the Lust card kind of jumped out at me, and it has this way of doing this from my deck. The original name of the Lust card, which is um, the 11th trump, it was Strength. So I think it's interesting to see those two concepts put together. Oh, I forgot to silence notifications. And I'm not going to dive into like all the meaning of the card and the imagery and all of that, but just um, at the end of each card, <clears throat> um, the author of Mirror of the Soul gives an inquiry or an indication of why you pulled the card, a question to ask yourself, a suggestion, and then an affirmation. So the indication is if you are ready to accept all what you find in yourself, you will be able to move through everything with deep sensitivity, awareness, love, and understanding. The question to ask, what areas of your life would you like to live out more fully? What has prevented you from doing so in the past? And are you ready to deal with this anew? And the suggestion, this is the one that really got me, take everything in with more awareness. We often experience emotions such as love, sadness, pain, rage, or fear as obstacles only because we have not learned to use them as potential energy. And so this really speaks to that, which I'm feeling of just being real in everything, not just what I think, what I would I want, and I, I've had trouble being real with myself with what I want. That's been a work in progress, especially over this last year, in the last probably six months, especially. Um, and it's something that shows up in my North Node, which if you're not familiar with the North Node in astrology, maybe you're not even into astrology, and that's totally cool. I get it. I love it as a way of exploring, um, like same with tarot of, um, guiding inquiry into my life. Um, I also found astrology for the soul by Jan Spiller that goes over the North nodes to be extremely enlightening and like eerily true for me and for many other people whom I've introduced the book to or read about them without their knowing. <laughs> Um, but you know, it helps me understand other people and where they're at and how I can better relate to them so that we're all happier in life. Anyway, my North node is in cancer and that basically means that my purpose here to be, to live out my purpose as a fulfilled human with more ease and joy is to really embrace all of my emotions acknowledge them, learn to feel them, validate them, nourish myself, stop trying to control everything, step out of the masculine father role and the very intellectual and ease into the mother role, the nurturing role, the feeler, the one who empathizes and validates emotion and creates a sense of safety and support that can then utilize that overdeveloped masculine aspect of myself. So there's just a lot of synchronicities coming through in um, the tarot that I'm 
doing in the morning in some other books that I've been reading and in the choice that I've made going into the new year that I spoke about in that Instagram live to begin leaning more into community and just being real with what I need and realizing I don't have to do it myself. In fact, I can't, Ugh, I can't in my body. When I said that, as I had this, ugh, I also felt a real release and opening and it feels good. Um, it feels relaxing and I never thought it would feel relaxing to say that I can't because we're kind of told that that's a weak thing. Don't say you can't, but I can't do it alone. I want to do it with other people and I'm really realizing how, um, how I've created an armor and why I've created that armor in my life to keep other people away and to, to how creating this illusion that I can do it myself has been very, um, egotistical. Anyway, that, um, this was all going somewhere. This is what, what happens when I do the off the cuff thing. Um, Using emotions as potential energy means I have to feel the emotions first and I have to be honest about it. And this is, this is where I'm at. I'm not saying everybody has to openly share what they're feeling and what they're going through and like the intimate details of their life on a podcast with other people and just like lay it out. That's not everyone's path. We all have a unique life to live with different experiences that form us into who we are. And this is just how I am learning to understand myself. And I, there's so much power in doing this kind of self-examination, this kind of exploration and journaling and using things like tarot or astrology or whatever kind of spirituality you practice to guide that and to stoke curiosity and reflection and to ask questions that guide us towards things that we may not find otherwise because it's so easy to just get in our patterns and developing a relationship with one thing or maybe many things, but really allowing ourselves to, to consistently develop the relationship. Not like, Oh, I pulled tarot cards like once last month and in a few months, maybe I'll do it again. But there's something to the practice of doing it daily that it's like calling a friend every day. You get to know them better. Spending time with someone and seeing your reflection in them and they get to see their reflection in you. And that may not, that doesn't really work with astrology or the tarot because these are just systems that have been created, but they allow us to see into, I think, like the the symbolism of the subconscious and of many people philosophers and um, participants past. So even though it's an intangible and there's not a singular person on the other side, it actually, I think, connects us to something even greater and deeper. 
And there's so, so much value in that. This is similarly, I feel, to what I get on the Slack line. Every time I spend a little more time with it, I understand something greater than myself. I understand energy in a new way. I understand how the energy is showing up in me that day and what it may mean or not mean, how it interacts with how I'm feeling and how I can um, be a better person in relationship to myself. Um, I've been doing some morning meditations with my friend Amy Markham, and she is this incredible teacher, and she's an artist. She was an art teacher, and she's taking all of her life experience, all of her experience and study in art as a spiritual practice, as that kind of connection to something greater, this, um, this thing that I don't really quite know how to describe. Amy probably has the words for it. She has an amazing podcast and she dives deep into these things in a very intentional way. Um, that I appreciate so much because I show up to my podcast and you get what comes out. This is, we have, we are, we have different processes. We have unique styles and I, I love hers and accept that it's not mine though. I went through a period where I was admiring her podcast so much and the way that she's articulate and the way that she is just so, eloquent and crafts these stories and has so much insight. And I I started to wonder like, well, maybe I need to be better. Maybe I need to make some changes. And I think that that is actually great that I kind of said, oh, I see something that I like. And are there elements of that, that maybe the feelings that I feel of interest and admiration are maybe those are that potential energy of emotion that can move me forward in a on a path of growth rather than an obstacle of oof I should be more like Amy and I'm not good enough and I just sit down and talk and who wants to hear that well somebody does maybe I mean I I think people are listening Uh, to be honest I still don't check because this is really my process this is really for me. This is something that I enjoy doing. And it's really when I start to get in my own way and worry about how it's coming out and if I'm saying the right thing and, oh, does anybody want to hear with this? Is there even a point that I, I, I get in my own way and I become the obstacle and I don't put anything out and then I get into one of those like self-pity pits and I don't even know where to start again. I had a friend, Marion, Workflow Wonder. She's doing some amazing things. She's getting up on her soapbox and just really inspires me. Um, And we have this cycle of inspiring each other because Marion may be listening right now. Um, And she told me that I need to stop holding all the feelings in, basically, that it's important for me to externalize to share to get it out and it's like oh my gosh thank you for reminding me of what I already know about myself and really giving me that validation that I'm not allowing myself which is in this book on the north node basically like 
you know, they say that comes from my past life, whether or not you believe in past lives, it doesn't really matter. Like I, I, when I started reading this book, I didn't, I don't know now. I think maybe, I think there's so much that we don't know. And the more that I know, the more that I learn, the more I realize there's so much that I don't know. And that there is this, that an uncertainty holds the space for so much possibility. Um, but, uh, it's a, there's a funny thing in, in my North node astrology. It says I was born serious and that is so true. I was born serious and grumpy and old before I was old. And much of my life has been learning to loosen up and to play and to dive into the mystery and let go of control and to be really real with that and what's going on. And when I am, the, the most beautiful connections come when, but I think I'm going to be like this vulnerable, oh my gosh, I'm revealing so much, so many deep aspects of myself and I'm such a weirdo and a loner, but it actually ends up being very connecting. And, uh, that's also in it's, it's, uh, it's all written in the stars <laughs> kind of. Um, if, if you're interested by the way, in your North node and you want to chat about it, reach out to me. I dig this stuff. I think it's so much fun. And I'm also going to reveal to you right now this habit that I have of uh, having too many books going at once. So uh, it, it's something that I get like kind of down on myself about because I'll start one and I won't finish it. And that's like basically so many things in my whole life. Um, but I think it's also okay. Like for example, Astrology of the Soul, I or Astrology for the Soul, I've read it before. I've read my piece. It's not like a book you read cover to cover. And I picked it up again, actually, excuse me. I picked it up again because uh, I am part of a magical community. And in that magical community, we do gift circles. And I felt compelled to offer it as a gift to someone who was new to this, to the magical world as I am in owning the fact that I belong to a magical community where people legit practice like casting spells and making sigils and doing cool things and embracing nature and all of that sort of stuff, which is really, I mean, you can take it and be like, Oh, that's weird. You're like witches, but it's just intention. It's just acknowledging energy and being really intentional with energy of everything. Um, so anyway, I gifted this to someone and just felt like there was something in it for him. Uh, he acknowledged acceptance of the book and I said, let me know how it lands for you. And just a few days ago, I received the most incredible message about how he dove into it. He had been feeling kind of stuck and stalled in some of the practices of self-discovery and that he read this and just really didn't like what it was telling him, really didn't like what it was saying about him and was bothered by it and nagged by it. And then had, um, just one day woke up and had like these realizations of why he didn't like it and why he was resisting it and what it meant for him and how actually if he could accept it and move forward, like his life would be so much fuller. Like these were like missing pieces. And I, 
just there was so much that he shared that just I have chills right now thinking about it and as I've been feeling stuck I thought huh often what I find is the advice that I give to others or what I give to others is actually what I need myself I felt this in, intuitive hit that he would benefit from this and it's like looking in a mirror, you know, like I could feel that because it was in me. So I picked up the book and I've been rereading my chapter and it's totally forming how I go forward in 2021. Um, so that's one book I've got going. And then I um, finished reading a book for a book club. I'm in with Sean Croxton. We read Psycho Cybernetics. That really formed a lot of this or provided fuel for how I'm going into 2021 and I'm about to start reading goals as part of that book club. I'm also going to simultaneously reread the four agreements and chat about it with some friends in our own little book club, which you're welcome to join. If you're interested, this is just really chill friends gathering. There's no cost. Um, just commitment is all I ask and an open mind and we'll see how it goes one month and may continue, but I really just want to read the four agreements with friends. It's a really easy book, simple advice, but, um, not always, uh, the easiest to implement. And so again, having that support, so important, um, having the support of people who understand where you're going and what you're interested in, man, I tell you, I, I look back and I see that the friends that I had back then were all in the same place. You know, we kind of complained, we weren't happy with our lives, say we wanted to change, but we really didn't understand how. And so over the years, I've been seeking out communities that know how, but I've been intimidated by the fact that they know how and I don't. And um, going into this year, I am really surrendering to being more of a student, more of a student. And also realizing that just because I'm a student doesn't mean that I don't have things to offer, that I don't already know things. But I realize that what I know is not enough and I will always, 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 always be learning more, always. Um, and uh, so Marion talks about getting on her soapbox and I love this. I love it when I watch people on their soapbox, when I hear people on their soapbox, when I feel it, I feel it when when she talks about it, and I love that she's really highlighting this. And she shared that the days she's felt most alive are the days that she gets on her soapbox. And gosh, I feel that. I feel a little bit on my soapbox right now, and it feels good. I feel like I'm getting off track, but you know, hey, that's okay. Um, it's all in service of the same message that I have right now, which is that. authenticity in community is in, in, in the right community is a really powerful combination, a really powerful, um, position to put oneself in to create change. Sorry. I got a little distracted. My partner's in the other room on the phone with his dad. And I, I have like killer hearing, I hear my name and I'm like, what? And this comes from, I think I've discussed this before in the podcast, this comes from the way I grew up. I was always an ear to the ground listening if dad was coming home, if parents were fighting, if I was in trouble, you know, and so it, it persists to this day. Anyway, 
authenticity and the presence of a group of people, of community, and it may be multiple communities. Like I've got multiple communities going right now and I'm okay with that. I don't, it feels really good to like be accepting of the help and to let, to not let, I can't hold me back. I can't do it alone. It's not holding me back anymore. It's propelling me forward. And so I just told you about all the books that I've got going and I picked up another one. Um, and this is why I'm not beating myself up too much anymore. As long as I keep finishing books that I'm truly into and not forgetting about it because some books I think are meant to be picked up. Like I, I walked by my bookshelf on the way to a bath the other night and I I have my dad's AA books, some of them. And I saw this one living sober and I've been, I have a problem. I am not sure how I'm going to continue to phrase this, what the language is I'm going to be using around this, because I don't really like saying I have a problem, but there's a, there's dysfunction in my relationship to food. And what I've noticed, uh, is that it is often we talk about sobriety in this world as abstinence from substances, but I think there's emotional sobriety, food sobriety, you know, drug and alcohol sobriety, you can be sober, for many things. That actually makes me wonder, what is the actual definition of sober? Um, Because I have it that it means abstaining from alcohol. And that is what the dictionary tells me when I pull it up. Um, But, you know, I feel like... um, It's really, to me, being sober is being, it's being real and authentic and acknowledging the emotions and using the emotional energy as the potential energy of life rather than the comfort, the false comfort that we get from things like alcohol or food or overreacting or projecting our aggression onto other people or complaining, all of those things. So we can be like the emotional sobriety, I think is the type of sobriety that underlies all other types of sobriety. And I say this because I watched my dad get sober from alcohol, but have an addiction to nicotine, get sober from alcohol, but still have an addiction to emotional drama get sober from alcohol, but still be a codependent, get sober from alcohol and drugs, but still, but then have a terrible sugar habit, you know? So like sobriety from one thing can morph it or addiction from to one thing, um, can morph into an addiction to another. So like the clearing away of addiction and opening to the true flow of life is sobriety to me. And as I'm exploring how I do that for me and the way that I nourish myself, and I don't think there's any coincidence that that's basically my North Node is learning how to nourish myself, you know, nurture to be that mothering role. 
for myself and how do I, how do I do that for others too? And I know that I can do it for others. I know that I have that in me when I can relax into a supportive, accepting, validating, um, empathetic kind of space and allow what I feel to guide me and to feel what the other person is feeling and, and then go into the space of all the things that I know and how I can support and I can help. I'm good. I I'm good at that. I sat down with a friend a bit ago and said, Oh, you know, like I enjoy doing this and you know, I should have been a counselor. I I feel like I should have studied to be a therapist. And he said, you don't need to. Um, and that's because like, it's in me, it's in my path, and it's just a part of my experience, which is really, it feels really good to embrace that. And I promise I'm getting somewhere with going towards this Living Sober book. It talks about sponsors in AA. Basically, it's a, it's a book of ways to help avoid taking a drink. Um, so it talks about sponsorship talks about, um, you know, never letting yourself get too hungry, too tired or too lonely, because those are things that call us to self-soothe in some way. Um, and the sponsorship and the loneliness really caught my attention. Um, because with sponsorship, um, And I think the reason that AA works so well, I mean, it's a free program. People put dollars in the donation jar and all that, but you can walk into an AA meeting and there's nothing expected of you other than a willingness not to drink. It's so accepting and it works so well because I I think because of the fellowship and because there are people there who have a you know a little bit or a lot more experience than other people in not going towards a drink to self soothe, and um, that in my life I found seeking people who have experience in doing the thing that I want to do, and how well they've been able to do it, and how they are able to communicate what they've learned from it is way more that can be way more transformative than like hiring a therapist. I love therapy. I love my therapist, but it's not the same. And working one-on-one even with someone who's been there and done that and can show us the way is not the same. It, it takes all the things, I think support from all angles to have the person guiding the way, but then to also have people who are, at the same level doing the same thing that so that you can look around and see like, Oh, Hey, it's not so bad. Oh, I'm not a failure because this happened because that, that happened to them too. And they're having those feelings too. It's one thing to hear it from the person who's done it and who is, who says, yeah, I still, I still have those feelings, but they're lesser or they've been doing the thing that we want for a long time because it can feel like intimidating or like for me, I should be speaking as I here. For me, it can feel like, ugh, I should be better by now. And that's that like crappy voice in my head that um, I think 
has kept me isolated for so long. I should be better. I should be able to do it. And I don't want to admit that I haven't been able to. So I'm just going to stay over here safe and stuck, safe and stuck and stuck. Really? It's not that safe. feels like it because it protects, it, it has protected me from a vulnerability that I don't want to face a vulnerability that when I go there, like that vulnerability can make me feel afraid that no one will show up or that I will be ridiculed for what I need. And you know what? Fuck that. I'm over it. (laughs) Uh, so over it. The other thing about, uh, that caught my eye in the book. Oh, but with the sponsorship thing, I, um, I've, I, I actually want to check, you know what, I'm going to wrap this up right here and probably start another episode because I really don't want to go too long. I want to leave these in bite-sized chunks and take a moment to find the passage that I want to address and, uh, have some coffee and just regroup a little. So thanks for listening. I, it feels really good to have shared these things with you and what, what I've shared is mine and what you take from it is yours to reflect upon and hear in the way that you need to hear it. And if you want to talk about that, I'm here for you and I would love that. Thanks for listening. I hope 21's off to 2021 is off to a beautiful start for you and uh, lots of love. Till next time.